All right, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Joust. My name is Nagy. I'm here as always with my co-host Liam McNeil. Liam, are you okay over there? Just thirsty, Nagy. Just, just thirsty. Thirsty for victory, Liam? Because I think we. No, must... my thirst is quenched for victory. Yes, because no, we got it. We got it. We we got one over on those bloody informed tigers of ours, of theirs. Not ours. Ours is the Knights, which we were supporting. Also in form, apparently. Yes. Well, that's how that's how you you know you judge form. You, you beat a team that's in form, and then suddenly you're in form. It's the best best way to be. So basically, there's only eight forms going around, and then you just trade them. <laughs> it's eight forms every week. Eight every inform w- teams every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same amount of out-of-form teams. Liam, what was the score on the weekend? Refresh my memory. 22 points to 20, courtesy of Sean Kenny Dow's try in the 78th minute, and by gum, wasn't it incredible? Now, Liam, I'll take you back three seasons, right, um, to whenever it was three seasons ago. Let's say How do you propose we go back in time like this? <laughs> let's, let's wait. <laughs> no, it won't work. Uh, <laughs> we're still here. But we should be here because now we've, you know, we're, we're getting wins. Now, this kind of win, three seasons ago, wouldn't have happened. I'd argue one season ago it wouldn't happen. Yeah, I know, but I just want to give it a bit more gravitas. <laughs> it's a, but it's it, it's a it, word of the week, listeners. Gravitas. Gravitas. Thank you very much. Uh, now, but Liam, it, it the thing that really surprised me is because we had that really strong first half, ten nil. We kept it side to nil, which was amazing, and then only for it to you know in six minutes blow right back, and then suddenly we're, we're eight points down, and we've been in this position many times before. And seen games just just roll away from us, but but it to- didn't roll away from us. What surprised me, Nagy, was your correct use of the word gravitas. Yes, well done. <laughs> but ten points to hold them to at halftime. That's impressive. The Tigers haven't had ten points put on them in any game this year. So effectively, we did better in one half of football than every other team who's played the Tigers. Is that true? Ten points. Very been? true. They've only ever conceded. Ten points. Ten points. So we, season. We, we maxed it, and then we exceeded expectations. Absolutely. And it, yeah, it was out there in Tamworth, and it was. I, I tell you what, I I was you know I was a bit last week. We were here with Butts, great guest. Uh, what a wonderful fellow he is. He is. Yeah. Be sure to catch his upcoming tour around the country. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's uh, bad for your health. Uh, Isaac Butterfield. Uh, but now it's it was you know it was ex- I got excited. I got excited that the the field was packed with ten thousand people. I didn't know there was ten thousand people in Tamworth, <laughs> but I suppose there's buses. There's buses. That, there's that, buses, and they have a road in, and they also have a road out. But didn't Tamworth turn it on? I was brilliant. There's people watching from the houses, the rooftops, around the ground. There was the best playing service we've ever seen. Oh, it was incredible. It was really, really good to see that country rugby league fans are getting a chance. And not only that, they're they're finally getting to watch some footy in the flesh. And they're loving it, and they're just making the most of it. They kept showing that shot of the girl on the roof, but she was always just by herself. <laughs> no, there was another fellow there. Well, there's a fellow as well. It's just skulking around. But yeah, I'll... he was. Well, he's on a roof. You're always going to be skulking if you're on a roof. You're always skulking if you're a roof. Mm. Uh, sort of like if you were some sort of uh, prowler. Yes. Like if you ever come back here this time and you're not Liam <laughs> and you are a prowler, <laughs> then there'll be trouble. There'll be trouble. Yeah, but Liam, it was it was one of those wins that you you know I was ecstatic. I was ecstatic when it came through because. 
we just don't win games like that. We set we set totals and it's been like this for years. That we set totals and then they possibly get run down and sometimes we hold out. But to see that second that second push after we were eight points down. And you know, even when it was three tries apiece, we're still down and then we had to score again and again. And I just thought that game was gonna go away from us. I thought it was just gonna pull away and then it would have been like um, you know, just the top. Are you okay? You, you look like you. I'm just trying to line up the uh, the sound. Buttons. Don't touch the sound buttons. Oh, I want Liam. to touch the buttons. I know you do. Look, yeah, it was a, it was the kind of game that we're used to losing. Yeah. So it's a remarkable feeling to not lose that. It still took a while to sink in. It, it, it's, it's what's it's, I've been like sort of conditioned to think that we're gonna, definitely going to lose this, and just already start thinking like, oh, well, what about next week? Who have we got next week? But it's like, no, we came back, and I like, and we got it. We got to hit it straight off the mark. Uh, obviously, a big. Big injury hit. We've uh, we've lost our, our fearless leader, Mitchell Pierce. Paul Mitchell. Paul, Paul Mitchell done with a, a pec injury. Now people have, have spoken about this for the week. He's and torn his tit. He's torn his tit. The tit's torn right off the bone. Uh, <laughs> now I always thought a pec pec tear. I just imagined it because the pec is usually quite a, a large muscle on a regular uh, you know healthy person. Um, but it's like and I always thought it was considerably like a, larger on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like a tear there. Like around the chest region. No, now I was listening to what Mitchell said on uh, KOFM this morning. He spoke with Tenyon Steve, and he explained that is a tendon yeah. that connects the, te- the 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 pectoral connects the breast, the breast to the shoulder, and apparently it's that tendon that somewhat listeners, if you can see, apparently up in there. Yeah, I am no doctor. Keep in mind, but apparently that's what's torn. So the tech pec essentially tears away from that yeah. and ends up in a little ball somewhere right near your sternum, I think. Yeah, and I apologise if, you, if you've, under the consideration that we're both doctors, and I'm sorry we've given you this impression where neither of us are doctors. We cannot state that you know, strongly enough. <laughs> Any more firmly, especially after that court case. <laughs> <laughs> we're legally obliged well, to tell just, you we're not doctors. We're not doctors. But no, he, like, this was obviously a long injury. And then, I tell you what, there was uh, quite a few uh, shoulder... Uh, sort of pectoral muscle recovery specialists that uh, that emerged from uh, from the peanut gallery of of not supporters once this injury happened because there was lots of lots of numbers being thrown around and it's still it's very confusing because there was like at the season gone now this is how I remember it too because the only other person that I can remember with a with a pectoral tear because it's not an injury that you see all the time but it was a pectoral tear was Tony Pulitua back in I think 2005 <laughs> he was in great form at the time too you know yeah. he was just coming off the end of a very successful run at the Panthers 2003 grand final but um, actually what you'll find there's been a number of pec tears in the last uh, last season I believe yeah. and it, we were quoted initially on the night as up to 16 weeks, but going back on previous pec tears, you've got Boyd Cordner last year, uh, Daniel Tupo, Dale Copley, all came back within 10 weeks, and that's what Piercy himself said on KO this morning. They're looking at 10 weeks, and like because he, he's not like as he said, like you know, we can we can talk about this later about the Newcastle uh, number seven curse, oh. but it's but like he always said he's a fast healer. He's been very lucky throughout most of his career. I think that he hasn't really had this kind of injury before. Never so, had a bad injury until he's come to Newcastle. But I think it like I think we got to put it in perspective. Uh, and I love perspective, Liam. You know this. Uh, that it's that we play pretty much the first third of the season with him, basically ish. Right, the first third, and then we, we we might lose him for if we lose him for ten weeks. There's eight games there, so that's the middle third with a possibility to come back for that final third. So we work in thirds here. Does it look really It's look... all thirds, you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to like hit that silver lining, you know, that, that you might be back for the, the final third. So really, he could still play two thirds of this season. And he'll come back fit and refreshed. 
Except for that, he arm. won't. Except for that tip, <laughs> he will be coming into the end of the year, you know, not having suffered a lot of the bumps and bruises of some hard football throughout the year. So, yeah. watch this space, Knights fans. Fingers crossed. Now, Liam, obviously that that puts a lot of um, yeah. We'll, we'll keep we'll keep on the Tigers game, for example, because it was just a, such a great game to watch. Wasn't it a wonderful advertisement for rugby league? It was. If you want to get someone into rugby league, you show them that game. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was just gorgeous. It was two teams who love footy. Mm. Two teams who. Turns out are pretty good at footy. And <laughs> yeah. two teams who just went out there and said, let's play bloody rugby league and let's play it damn well. Now, now I've got to ask you, Lim, what went right for you in that game? This is going to be a long one. Sorry, guys. I've got a few pages on this. First of all, our ball control was excellent. As usual, all our stats are throughout the show coming from our dear friend, uh, Josh Spiegelman. The Now, yeah. ball control. We controlled the ball very well. We've discussed earlier in the in the year yeah. and in the previous season that it's hard to win a game if you're not completing at high percentages. This game, we completed at 84%. I think the first 25 minutes, there was not an error in the game. Both teams play, completed 10 from 10 sets. Now, it, you, you don't, you see, don't that. see that. No, no. And uh, the Tigers did end up finishing completing at 90, but still, we completed at 84%. And when the statistics are 50-50 like that, you really need 50-50 possession-wise. You really need to complete. At a high rate, and I think we did that, and we did that very well, because the stats were really close in this game. Um, I mean, you look at the run meters, we ran for 1,468 meters to their 1,433, but over 164 runs to us, 166 to them. The post-contact meters were 486 to us, 473 to them. It was a close game. It was a tight game. Yeah. And the, it was these few moments of you know individual brilliance that stemmed from an excellent platform or what won us the game. Yeah, was there a particular moment that stood out for you? I know, I've got mine. I, I'm, I'm taking a little bit off kilter here, Liam, but was there a Ooh. moment that, 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 that you were like, oh, hang on a second, that looked bloody good. Tell me yours and I'll re- rebut. It was, it was Ponga. It was Ponga coming out of the in goal. Uh, early in the game, like you know, and he t- it turned a very good kick into, like, you know, we're about five metres in the in goal, and Ponga to get to beat one, beat two in the in goal. Uh, and then I think there was even a third diving, and then to make it out to the thirty. Those are the kind of like that's it. Like you know, it was arguably what what uh, Paramount missing was with was semi. Um, that those like you know suddenly instead of uh, possibly doing a dropout and defending again or defending from inside your ten and having them really rush up, but have, turning the whole defence around, and then suddenly you're working into their their half. Oh, it it really changes games. Turns games on on a dime. Uh, Dime? A dime, a ten cent coin. I wasn't sure if it was die or dime. No, it's a dime. Dime yeah, it turns it on ten cent coin. Turn it on a dime. I can't rebut that. That's brilliant. That's the perfect answer, Nagy. Well done. <clears throat> I, I got. So, is there some more stats from the hat? Oh, tons. Now, our defence was phenomenal. It was very, very good defence. Oh. Besides that six-minute period, uh, we only missed fifteen tackles to fifty-two. 15 That's got to be some kind of a record for the Knights. The the defensive line was rock solid. There was no gaps in the line. Everyone was moving up in one. And it actually helped nullify uh, the Tigers' offloading game. They completed with um, they finished the game with nine offloads to seven. But because the Knights held their line so well, even when they did get the offload, there was no broken play. There was no gaps in the line where your, your Benjis, Corey Thompsons could get through. We just managed to snuff it out every time. The defensive line and the line speed, particularly from the start of the game, really shut the Tigers down. The line speed was phenomenal. It was great. And it was very noticeable in that first 10 minutes of the second half. We sat back on our heels a bit, let the Tigers move a bit more, and they just marched up the field, scored three tries in six minutes. The, obviously, the game, like, those are the things. Obviously, you know, it's a simple game for, you know, for, for fabulous supporters. But, like, it's, it's, it's you, you make those tackles in twos and threes. In this today's game, that, you know, there's no more sort of legs tackles. You have to work as a team and really control that rock. I think Aiden Guerra did another great job of, of really 
he just has this timing that he sort of uh, he, he manages to stay on and peel off right at you know just gives us every moment. I think I think in the last two years we've we've been guilty of uh, making the good tackles and getting off really quickly. You know because it was that, that sort of urgency. You know when you got that adrenaline, you're just saying I've done the job well and now I'm gonna you know ready for myself for the next jump one. up and do it again. Yeah, that's exactly right. But Aiden Guerra's got that calmness. Same as uh, same as Slade Griffin. Slade Griffin as well. Yeah, Guerra and Griffin did some great work slowing the slowing the ruck down yeah. and preventing the Tigers from uh, getting on that roll. But then you saw it went out the window in the first time in the second half. They put three tries on. Now, the other thing that I was overjoyed to see, this game plan that uh, we've been working with for at least two or three years, constantly switching the point of attack, it's starting to click this year. Mm. We'll throw the ball two passes wide to the right. They'll compress their line to the right. Bam, we hit back to the left, get Kenny Seo out on the wing. On the three tries. Three Every tries. time it was brilliant. Kenneth. Kenneth, Kenneth Albert Seo. Kenneth Albert Seo. But it's all starting to work. This game plan that has been featuring, you know, plus one runs off the ruck, constant sh- shifting of the point of attack. And when you've got players who can shift the point of attack very quickly, like your Pongs, like your Pierce, may he rest in peace. Connor Watson will be good for that coming back. It's this game plan that we've persevered with is starting to pay off and pay off in spades. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to ask you, Liam, uh, a lot went right. A lot went right because we got the, got the win in the last minute. What went wrong for you? Now, a few things did go wrong. The market offence was a bit shonky at times. There was a few instances where the Tigers got a quick play. The ball got in and around the markers. There was some lazy market offence. We saw it early in the game. Uh, our just favourite, Nathan Ross, was penalised early for uh, not standing straight at marker. Yeah. And there was a few instances where that let the Tigers get a really good roll on. Um, the line speed, as we mentioned in the, early in the second half, it just switched off. And it's something we've been discussing previously in the Joust, so it's good to see Brownie listening to the show. Oh, he's the a big boys fan. were getting up. But then when we abandoned that line speed for 10 minutes... We had points put on us. It was that that moment, right, right after halftime. It happened to us again and again and again last season. That uh, you know, we, we set a total. We looked, look, Chris looked great, and then it was the it was the Brownie halftime Valium that he gives out. And we said, Brownie, don't give them Valium because they go off to sleep. I stopped selling them to him. <laughs> yeah, which was a good move That's by a great you. Great move. But he has lots of lots of. It's affected su- my bottom line though. <laughs> he has lots of suppliers, of Brownie, <laughs> and he hands them out and he gives them everyone a rub on the a rub on the head and he says, "Good work out there, mate." Just and then he, he eases his voice back. He says, "Now, what I want you to do, I think everyone should just everyone should just really calm down." And then you think, "Oh, this is this is soothing," and you go out there and you're a bit softer. Do you think maybe Ronnie Palmer put his magic dust on the wrong team this week? It was. <laughs> Into the wrong changer. He's getting a bit old, Ronnie Palmer. Do you reckon he just stumbled in the night room? There you go, boys. See you later. <laughs> it is, he just blew it in there, and it's it's crushed up Xanax. But because um, that's the only way that Ronnie Palmer can sleep now, because he's eighty-seven years old. Ronnie Palmer, absolute champion NRL trainer. Isn't he wonderful? He's a good friend of the show, Ronnie. Listens regularly. Um, but look, the other thing that I was a bit disappointed with early in that second half, because that was really the only period where anything went yes. wrong for the Knights. That's it. That third 20. I'm picking from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a few calls that went against us. Now, that's fine. The calls are going to go against you. It's a game. There's grey areas. There's 50-50s. We're only we did human. not react well to them. So yeah. the SKD... Incident, we'll call it the incident. I'd rather not go into it. For the people that weren't watching, it was when he obviously got the ball on the in, in the end goal, uh, quite clearly in the end goal, uh, and he was it was a call play on. And I think we froze for a moment there. We lost it. We lost about two seconds. We did, and then uh, Tigers, I believe, scored next set. Then yes. there was the uh, Luke Yates hit, oh. hit of the season, yet was penalised. Yeah, this, merely for tackling well. It really annoys me that now we're at a time in the game 
where a good classic rugby league hit, like uh, you get a bloke that Luke Yates is three foot six. You know, he's how he, can he make a high tackle? Yeah, that's exactly right. How can he do it? He can't. He, he's he's tight. He's he's but a short and stocky man. But we were like, you know, we've been looking for the, this hitman for the Knights for for a while. We haven't had one in ages. More we, to come later. More, more to come on that. But that's it. There was very little that went wrong. But the way we reacted to those 50-50s, we just can't let ourselves get down and let the other team back into the game as they did. I, I got to agree with you, Lemonade. Who is your hats off for this week for oh, a player that you think did particularly well? It was tough to pick Nagy. It was tough to pick, and I didn't. I picked a number of them. First of all, Sean Kenny Dow, classic rocks and diamonds. Game from Sean did, Kenny Dow. Did you hear the commentator actually refer to him as the classic rocks and diamonds, Sean well, Kenny Dow? absolutely. Dale? As we know, all the Fox Sports commentators listen to the Jow, so Loved they're it. well well aware of uh, his form. And I knew he was going to have a great game early. I think it was the first set when there was a crossfield kick put up early in the early in the piece, third tackle. He's steaming over the sideline, catches the ball, beautiful flick back inside to Sione. Yeah. The game continues from that from that one little piece of play. I knew we were going to get a. Classic SKD game. Now, but obviously, winning is the winning is the game with the last. Oh, try. he did now, but it wasn't just that last try. It was all his work leading up to that. He had first t- half. He was the best player. On the he show. was. He had twenty-one runs for one hundred ninety-eight meters, seventy post-contact meters. He had eleven tackle busts. His work out of the red zone, getting us on the front foot, setting a platform for the forwards to work in the middle third, was just unbelievable. That's what he does remarkably well, and he's doing it even better. I think better than he ever has here at the Knights. Yeah, um, he was just. Remarkable. And then obviously that try to round it out. Thank you, Kenny. Sean. Sean Kenny. Sean. I was about to say Kenneth. Skidmark. Skidmark. Skiddies. Thank you, Skiddies. Hats off to you, buddy. That was excellent. How about you, Nagy? Look, I wanted to give to a bunch of players because I thought they did really well. Also, keeping in mind, we do have permanent hats off to the Pong. The Yeah, the who? The Pong. The uh, I can't really like the Pong played great, and that moment uh, that really like solidified it for me. Then I was like, "Oh, we're really playing well tonight." But for me, it was uh, it was Kenneth Kenneth Albert Co. That uh, Cass. Well, because yeah, Cass K A S because he three tries comes comes plays first game of the uh, NRL season. Probably unlucky to miss out on a first grade spot. Uh, gets an opportunity, scores two, backs it up with a with a hat trick. Uh, now our leading try scorer with five. He only took two games to do it. And that's it. We spoke earlier in the season about when. Kenny was brought into the side. You know what you're getting from Kenny Sia? It's going to be good, solid work. It's going to be unheralded work, but it's going to be good, solid work. And then every once in a while, the team gives him the ball and he bloody scores. That's and he's the- now done it five times in the last two games. It's gorgeous. He, he's a great finisher. He's a great finisher. He knows the line. He's, he's, he's one, I think he referred to last year as just, he's a classic try scorer. He just knows, he knows how to get the line, knows how to get the ball down uh, and does what it, what, what it takes to do so. First career hat trick though. Well done, Kenneth. Well, well done. Well done, Kenneth. Good stuff. Now, I'm going to break from tradition here. I have two more hats offs. Christ. Now, our props last week, we're a bit underwhelming. We discussed that they didn't have the impact they needed, mostly through circumstance. We gave them a bit of a breakthrough circumstance, but yep. I thought the two men who were up front, the two men... The two men? We're the two men. We're the two men. But the two men up front, yep. Herman S-A-S-S-S-S-S-S, and Daniel Safidi, obviously with uh, Lilliman, back in town, waiting the birth of his second child, I believe. I think it was his second. And I like the fact that we, we you know, even though we're under a lot of pressure to win these games, uh, when there's something like that's really important in someone's life, uh, that we just say, like, mate, this, you know, focus on that. That's because right. at the end of the day, footy is just a game. It's just a game it's that we love. It's your job, and if you do it poorly, <laughs> we'll fire you. But it's just a game. <laughs> just a game. But those two boys were phenomenal. SASA ran 16 runs, 138 metres, four tackle bus, uh, 10 Ls, um, and 27 tackles at 90%. 
He, he like, I tell you what, he's just, he seems like a player that just loves the ball in his hands. What's an L, Nagy? Oh, I'm not sure. I thought you've written them down. Hmm. But he got 10 of them. He got 10 of them. So ten that's of, pretty good. 10 of the Ls. Uh, but uh, he just seems like one of these players that loves the ball in his hands. And he's he, no matter win, lose, or draw, he's, he's always going to be around, um, sniffing around, running hard, good leg speed. You know, we've always talked about good leg speed with him. So, so. I'll tell you what, can you imagine him at King Street? The footwork he the exhibited fo- on the weekend, he would just do things on the dance floor you've never seen. He looks like a dancer. He looks like a dancer. Uh, do you have any hats? Safidi. Oh, sorry. So Dan Safidi. Look, well, no, hats back on's cancelled for the week. You've Everyone was wonderful. <laughs> Daniel Safidi, also numbers made for great reading. 11 runs for 106 metres, three tackle breaks, 23 tackles at 90% effectiveness. And... Quickest play the ball of uh, all the players across the ground with uh, 2.97 seconds. Thank you very much, Hammer, for that little stat. Yeah, cheers, Hammer. But with the hats off, you could have given it to anyone. The back rolls were phenomenal. Fitzgibbon and Guerra. Barnett was brilliant. He offered... He, he really was very starchy. He was that real hard-hitting Mitch Barnett that we know and love. And uh, that's the first Barney game that I've seen back in on. I was like, that's that's him. That's the guy that I like. Isn't it brilliant? Yates was brilliant off the bench. I think our bench forwards as well added a lot of impact. And then, I mean, what can you say about Jamie Bura? I take back everything I said about maybe he needs some time in reserve grade just for a, to get the combination right. Forget it. The whole reason we have him on the bench and like everyone was like, oh, Danny, uh, having uh, Danny Levi drop off and it was like, oh, well, what about that, you know, utility role? And then Bureau comes out with the game still to be won. We've just lost our star halfback and he comes in with, you know, I think seven minutes to go, five minutes even. And we had three sets, two of which we finished the set, got to, um, ball went up. Uh, we made the catch, died on the fifth in their half and that pressure and that pressure. And then it got us to that attacking point inside their 30 and then uh, he, he was just cool, calm and collected. It looks like he'd been putting in kicks his entire life. Which I don't think he's ever put one in Which, but it was especially impressive given the rude treatment that Robert Rocco former night gave him a few I think about five minutes before where he kind of tried to drive him into Condoblin from yeah, Tamworth. I had a, a quite some beers at this point. I can't remember that. <laughs> quite a few because you know when you're it was excited. The hit of the decade. You, you know what? Well, huge. Luke Yates, the hit man himself. I think I, I can't. I'm, I'm really excited. I hope he, Luke Yates. He's been 18th man about at least three games. He's travelled with the side, been a part of it. And he, he got a little opportunity out there off the bench. And my God, was he putting on hits? There was another one that he put on as well. He was just hitting blows. He was throwing his shoulders around like you would not believe. It was I, it was gorgeous to see. Who was the guy? Was it Gilmeister? Gilmeister, the axe. The axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he could be our axe. but he's He hit, could be. <laughs> he's just hitting like, hopefully he doesn't get penalised every time, but just that hit on what, number 13 for Elijah the Taylor. Elijah Taylor. He's got a girl's name. and, <laughs> and um, <laughs> Elijah's and, actually a very prominent male name from the Bible, Nagy. Okay, sorry. I'm you sorry need to me. study your uh, your Torah. My Corinthians. Uh, yeah. Now, <laughs> we'll, look, we'll have a quick chop back. We'll right back to talk about everything Mitchell Pierce and all the, all the team change-up that's going to come from it. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the second half of the Joust. Now, Liam, oh, I was just watching that that hit that Lockie Fitzgibbon, not Lockie Fitzgibbon, that uh, that uh, Robert Rocco, Robert Rocco, Rochow, Rochow, put on uh, our, our, you know the the dearest of all nights, Aid, uh, Aiden Guerra, James um, Bure. Oh, Jesus, I'm I'm really Aiden Guerra through the pass. Sorry, uh, fans, Nagy had a beer before the show. <laughs> yeah, I could only handle one. Uh, no, but it was it was amazing that he he caught that hit and then he went on to 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 kick that uh, kick. Kick to lead the, to that try. Any other player would have been six feet buried in the ground. We'd be surrounding them, saying a eulogy. But instead, James Bure gets up, 
kicks for the game. It was um, no one, not one other player in the history of rugby league could have done that. Yeah, no, he's a he's a real champion of the game. As well as the Lockie Fitz cutout pass, which is like, as as Butts was saying last week that he was a bit of a five eight back in his day. Well, yeah, Butts nailed it. He, he absolutely nailed it. He called it. He's been calling a lot of things, Butts, and he's often right. Now, but Liam, I have to ask you about. Obviously, we we've we've lost we've lost Pierce. We have to we have to look forwards, not backwards. And uh, we have Manly, Manly this week, um, which is played on that day. We, we you, you referred to it earlier today. Did I? Yeah, yeah, Friday. yeah. Friday. It's oh, Friday. Oh, I thought we had a special name for it. The the Graveyard Shift. The Graveyard Shift. We're back at 6 o'clock. Yes, we six, are. Six, at Lotto Land. It's Brookvale. Let's it's be honest. It's Brookvale. Let's be honest. It's, uh, so we're back at Brookvale. Whatever you call it. It's like, you know, you know that old saying, a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet, that beautiful Shakespeare line? Mm. Brookvale by any other name is still a shithole. Still a shithole. And speaking of shithole, uh, that Manly is playing like a dog's ass at the moment. Aren't so, they nagging? So, it's, it, look, it's a good time for, for a team to be playing a team out of form. You know, we've, we've had a very good win. And... I have to, uh, so um, you, let's say you're Brownie, right? And I often treat you as such. Uh, so yep. you've got the team. Pierce is gone. What do you do? Look, now, I think Connor Watson has been penciled in for an early return from injury, much earlier than planned, so round eight or nine. Yep. So I think Watson comes straight back in. I feel like Cogger played a very good game. Mm. He was good, especially with Guerra just stuck on him in defense. They, you know, clearly listened to the show and listened that we need to tighten up the defense on that edge. Yep. And Guerra stuck on Cog like glue on a cog. And I think Cogger and Watson have too much of a similar game. So I think if you bring Watson back, we need to elevate Brock Lamb back into the side. So for mine, what we'd have as Brownie, speaking as Brownie, of course, for mine, what we would have, Nagy, if you could stop Sorry. with the distractions, Sorry, please. Dropped, just dropped a bottle. Sorry, That's okay. It was a bottle of water. Yeah, but yeah. So you, you think uh, that we I have... lost my train of no, thought. No, you, you think we have to have... <laughs> Uh, Lamb back in the side. I see Lamb and Watson as probably the best combination going forth. What going about forward. what about Cogs? I think the Cogs served played his role. Yep. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For me, I I just think Lamb has a better organising game, and it will leave Connor Watson free to run, to you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I dance across the field. For me, for me, and I might be hedging my bets here a little bit. But are I'll, you Brownie now? Yeah, I'm Brownie now. Okay. Um, it, can I still be Frank? You can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're always Francis. Now, um. I would put uh, Lamb and Cogs back together because they play a lot of football together. They do. So I'd start them, but I'd bring Watson back off the bench. Uh, only because uh, I, I think coming back of a shoulder injury, you don't want to have... Like, they're going to be targeting the halves. That's just the nature of the game these days. Um, and I don't want to have someone come back for shoulder um, with a bit of indecision about his shoulder in the midst of fresh forwards. Put him back on after 15 minutes. Um, you know, if, but things are going well. Keep him there. Bring him back on. Um, and you know, as the as the the hooking role, which he has done for us before in the past, and done with a plum. Yeah. So when when Liam is going, so I just think I don't know. Th- this is just me. You keep him there in case uh, shit hits the fan, and then you try to recover later on. But I think you give the two guys that have spent most time on the field together, you give them a chance to to show them what they can do because I think the, that relationship and knowing their roles, I think it's what Lamb struggled with knowing his role with Pierce in the side after having so much of a say. I think he, he struggled a little bit uh, sort of knowing when to inject himself. But you just give him full platform, know that he got his, his mate Cogger there, uh, played a lot of football in ISP. Um, so let's see what they can do. Just let the boys play. Let the boys you play. You won me over, Brownie. I've changed my mind. That's what you do. I like that. I like that. But Manly, they're an interesting proposition. 
meeting them right now when we are. As manly are, they're in turmoil. They always tend to be in turmoil. But it's when they're in turmoil, they really get their backs up and they play their best. Which they didn't show against Parramatta. They were woeful. But this could be their chance to bounce back. So we really need to brace ourselves for what could be a very temptuous and, you know, angry manly team. But there's a few points to attack. Now, Api Corusau, he's been good for them, but last week he had a shocker. He only made 11 tackles, which playing in the middle of the field, that's kind of a strange one to only make 11 tackles. Um, he only tackled at 80% effectiveness. There was two errors, and he gave away two penalties. Oh. He seems to be down on confidence, which is very much a confidence player. So I say run the big boys at him, and let's push his confidence through to the centre of the earth. They're a different team at, at Brookvale, mainly. Um, and I don't think we should take that game against Parramatta or the one previously against the Tigers, which I think was at Brookvale. But it, I, they, they, they grow extra legs there. Uh, and so I don't think we should be taking them lightly and thinking that you know they're going to be out of form. I think they will play well in patches for that game. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But what, what does the Hammer think? Now, the Hammer also says that we need to target Jack Gozievsky. Yeah. Good, uh, One more time good Australian that. name, Jack Gozievsky. Gozievsky. Now, Jackie Boy missed seven tackles last week. He was only tackling at a 74.5% effectiveness rate. So we send traffic at Jack. We say, Jack, you're shit ass. We're going to run over the top of you. We really need to break this team's confidence down. Yeah. Let them know why they're a club in turmoil because we hate them. Yes, it's true. We do. Uh, look, they've only got two key players. Uh, you know, you could, you know, I know you like the the other you know, Tommy Dvorovic and and um, who, if he's effectively in attack playing as a five eight role. And that's the, Jake Dvorovic. No, lock no, playing Tom, as a five eight. No, no, no. Jake's think, a lock. No, 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 no. But Tommy's injecting himself like a five eight. Ah, so they've two five eights. Who they, aren't they have five two. Eights. They have they have mountains of them. Well, yes, he is one of their dominant playmakers, and he uh, he's breaking the line. At, he's breaking four point two tackles a game, which is a very good. Tackle break rate. I mean, he's breaking tackles at will. Yeah, no, he's, he's a real threat. So he's gangly. We, so if we control him, obviously, uh, Cherry Evans has got uh, some, some things laying over, which we'll cover uh, later on in the show. Uh, but it's... I, I, that's, why, that's why I think, you know, shut down Travoyevich, shut down Cherry Evans, and suddenly they fall to pieces like they did. Is it any more from the Hammer? Yes. Yeah. Hammer also says we do need to shut DC down. You're exactly right. He's a dominant kicker in the team. He uh, kicks for 8.1 kicks per game compared to Croker's 2.3. Mm. So if we send the big fellas at him on the edges as he's kicking, rush him, make him force, force a decision, I think we can uh, really exert some pressure there. And uh, look, yeah, like we said, Manly are under pressure. That's when Manly are at their best. The club's being torn apart. That's when Manly are at their best. So we need to not take this lightly. We need to be hard. We need to be unforgiving. And we need to just remind them who they are. I think it's time to hear from the people's name. Open up your sack. Hey, yeah. gladly. Now, this is a big sack this week, guys. Thank you for all the responses. Throbbing. I've had to... I've Oh, it absolutely needs to be looked at by a doctor. So I've tried to get in as many as we could, but uh, unfortunately, due to the passage of time, we can't get everyone. But Matt Palmer... And Matt Palmer asks, with Pierce out for an extended period, do we bring Levi back onto the bench for added attacking spark? Also, he adds, Yates deserves to keep his spot on the bench. I think Yates has to be there. I think Levi's, uh, you know, he obviously adds a spark, as you said, adds a spark, and it like it's good to inject him in into a game. However, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think for for me, it, it, the answer comes in with Lamb, and, Lamb or Cogger uh, in in somewhere in the mix there, and that might result in. Uh, Levi having another another week off uh, the bench. It doesn't work. We, we you know we've got some time to 
to meddle with this combination uh, because obviously Piercy's not going to be back um, for, you know, for a very long time. So uh, in rugby league-wise, uh, if you weren't following rugby league, it seemed like quite a short time. And you probably wouldn't even notice he was gone anyway. Yeah, that's right. So you would, he'd come back and say, oh, I didn't know he'd left. If you weren't following rugby league, you'd say, who's Mitchell Pierce? But isn't it quite something to have depth at a club? You know, we're talking about Danny Levi and should he make the squad. He was one of our best players last year. It's yeah. quite incredible. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, we're recording this on a Monday. It's going to be interesting to see the team uh, list on, on Tuesday. I'm sure Danny Levi will be in there, you know, whether he's got a bench spot, comes at 19. Just interesting to see what happens there. I yearn for the team list. I love team list Tuesday. Now, Brett Crookshank, good friend of the show, asks, does the Pierce injury end the debate as to whether the Knights injury curse is real? The bloke never had a serious injury in 12 seasons at the Roosters. Now, for me, it's like... You know, obviously, uh, the, the time we've been following the Knights, uh, obviously, had the Johns era, right? And then we had the the Mullen era, both ravaged by injuries in in, the, in set, you know, around periods of time there. Um, and like, for, I'm sick of relying on one bloke to 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 you know that says like, oh, Johns is out, we're not going to win this game. When it like you know was like 29 percent when he wasn't playing, something stupid like that. Uh, Mullen was the same. I was like, oh, well, when you know when Mullen's back, when Mullen's back. I don't want to talk about the next 10 weeks of when's Pierce back. I want to see some wins. I want to see some wins. Not again, you know, I'm not expecting them to blow, uh, improve as a side, you know, and I could be wrong, hope I'm wrong, but uh, but I want to see them just win the games that are winnable. You know, against teams that are out of form like Manly, I want to see us get over them without Mitchell Pierce there. I would say, though, to add to that, the Knights number seven jersey is definitely the, oh, the most cursed jersey oh, in yeah. rugby league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's never been a jersey like it. It's absolute true curse. that poison ivy on the inside or something. It's, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. bizarre. That's no, not right. Now, Spiegelman, our very own Hebrew Hammer the from hams. the show. The Hams. We're currently eighth. Going out on a negative limb, says Spiegelman, by saying that, the last time, that this is the last time all year we shall be in the eight. Now, let's recalculate. Where did we see the Knights at the start of the year? Well, I, I thought that they would be hovering around the eight. I, I was hoping, like, in, I was at a very conservative estimate, I was hoping for 10th. Because that's, you know, obviously six places jumping uh, well away from the spoon. We're in, that, we're in that finals contention. I'm just not sure if we had enough games. And that was with Pierce. What I've seen from the players uh, lifting, like, the, the likes of Guerra, uh, Lockie Fitz, uh, Slade Griffin, uh, the Pong, obviously. Uh, I'm just Who's I'm, that, Nagy? Uh, it's uh, the Pong. It's. Uh, I'm just expecting more from. I think around that where we're relying less. Uh, even though Pierce adds a lot to that side, I'm expecting. I'm expecting more from these other players. I think we 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 add enough value to the side that um that you take Pierce away and you you know you have Watson in the mix. You have the other. I think we we can still get those wins. Well, that's it. And I I personally see it. There's always that come the semi-finals. There's always that log jam of teams between sixth and twelfth. That are always fighting for that those last two spots in the finals. I think we'll be in that, we'll be in that bunch. Yeah. So I'm thinking around ninth or tenth, coming into the end of the season, we could push our way in. But we also, you know, might not. But we should still see that as a success. I think this is an important thing to remember here, Liam. And and I was talking about this earlier today. It was that, you know, looking back on the Bennett era, uh, which was a big push in about 2013, and I was like, this is our time. We have to do it now. There is nothing in what Brownies created uh, for this side that says this year has to be a year. There's no, there's you know the only the forwards that are aging or the players that are aging that are off contract. Chris Harrington, King, ding, 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 and uh, and Jacob Lillimoon. Uh, so it once you know they go, they're you know they're out of value to the side, but they can be replaced, obviously with uh, Gladsby uh, possibly coming into the side uh, as as Butts called. And uh, you know I think we can we can definitely. Keep this going. This is a long-term plan. This is the point of a proper rebuild, is that if something goes wrong in the first year, then we're trying to make this side gel. 
that it, the next year, the following year, we should, okay. we should still be competitive. This isn't an all or nothing play. And I think everyone's a bit Tinkler era, you know, got jaded and feeling like, like oh, this is it. They throw, throw everything in the air and it's done. But I, I feel that this isn't necessarily the end of it. We're, we're, we're building towards what Brownie has built, is building towards this long-term competitive future. I've forgotten the question. I We're merely at the beginning, <laughs> Nagy. I think it was the great Winston Churchill. He said, oh, this is not the end. Yeah. This is not even the beginning of the end. Yeah. This is the end of the beginning. Yes. <laughs> I think what we're seeing now, we are at the end. That was a fucking spot on impersonation yeah, well sorry what we're seeing now we are at the end of the beginning yeah. the rebuild has started the rebuild's been going for two and a bit years that's the beginning we are now at the end of the beginning where we can still expect to have some of the problems of a rebuilding club yeah but we can also set our sights higher mm. so we're not towards the end we're towards the end of the beginning yeah. okay you've you've i've just gone cross-eyed sorry. <laughs> thank you Nagy. now Final question for the evening. Nicholas Milligan, uh, is Luke Yates the hitman we've been looking for since the devastating loss of Joel Edwards? I like Joel Edwards when he was playing, but at the same time, at the time when we had it, we just were a bit rich with back rowers as we are now. But I think Yates has just been this workman, this workman in the side that is, you know, that got an opportunity early uh, and he's sort of waited for another one. And what he showed in the Tigers in that second half, I tell you, it looked damaging. And it, it, you can just tell it was someone that was ready to explode on the scene. I hope he puts more Luke Yates shots on. I agree. Look, every great team has a hitman. Every great team has an enforcer. But the way Luke Yates is going around about it, I really like. It's clean. It's He's not a grub. Yeah. He hits hard. He hits fair. And that's exactly what you want. It's starting to show that we're now a multifaceted team. In the last few years, we've been very much a team... A, we were shit at most things, yeah. <laughs> but the, the things we were good at was only one or two things. Now we're starting to get this sprinkling of players across the side who can do a lot of different things. And I think, yeah, having Yates in that kind of hitman slash enforcer role, yeah. it, it just lifts the team. You could see after that hit to Elijah Taylor, even though he was you know, penalised and bleeding out the ear. Wrongly so. It lifted the team. Oh, it, no. it gelled, it, it threw the team together, and it just, it just made the boys happy. Liam, do you have the time? I do now. I think it's time for the news. <laughs> yes, the news there, Liam. There's lots of things making news this week. Uh, and one of them one of them happened to be in that Storm game. That uh, Oh, you hit me with your news first. Then. I've changed my mind because I forgot about a piece of news. I forgot to write it down, <laughs> but I'm going to bring it up. Now, earlier in the week, Philip Gardner, CEO of West and the Knights, great man, excellent leader, has come out in the press and he said, look, Brownie's coming towards the end of his contract. We are going to renegotiate with Brownie. What we would like to offer Brownie is an evergreen contract. Now, what's an evergreen contract, Nagy, I hear you ask? Well, it's like an evergreen tree that never actually loses its leaves. It never loses its leaves. So what Gardner is proposing... He what? hadn't put it to Brown yet. Is that it's also it's also nice thing because like Gardner, so it's like it's like oh, a, yeah. a gardener. Gardener makes an evergreen tree. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, I didn't yeah, pick up on that. Yeah, very good. So what Phil's proposing is that instead of signing the classic contract where it says we've got the coach for three years, it says we have you as coach until it stops working. Obviously, that will be based on key performance indicators. That will be based on on and off field results. That'll be based on where the club's headed. I loved it. I read that article and I finished with a smile because that's the ultimate show of faith to your coach to say, look, you're here to do the job. We want you to do the job, but we're not going to set an arbitrary timeline for you to do the job. We trust what you're doing. You seem to know what you're doing, so we're going to let you do it in the manner that you can for as long as you need to. Yeah. I loved it. I think it's brilliant. And Phil, I know he listens to the show. I 
You've okay. got our vote, Phil. Huge fan, Philip. Thank you very mm. much. What do you think about that? Isn't it gorgeous? I like it. I look. I like it only for like obviously the situation that we're in. Uh, we were struggling for a, a long time. That's understated. Say that we were struggling for a long time. We were close to losing the side out of the NRL. And anyone that thinks that we weren't. You, you know, if you think that because Newcastle is such a, you know, prominent Newcastle, uh, sorry, prominent rugby league area, that you think, oh, that will save us every time. No, we were close to losing this side. Did, didn't save North Sydney. No, that's right. No, and, and rugby the, league powerhouse, and they're still gone. Um, so, <laughs> and it, rightly so. The Gosford, did you see? There's fifteen thousand fans to that uh, to the the Penrith, um, no, Penrith, okay, South Can- Sydney, South Canberra. Sydney Can- Canberra game, which is mm. amazing to see. It's I've wonderful. never seen that stadium full in my life. The last game they played, there was twenty thousand people, Maggie. You were at that game. No, it was 15,000 strong, isn't it? No? Okay, I'll I'll get me wrong. Anyway, it was a full stadium, Liam. It was a full stadium. So, anyway, so you can see that even rugby league strongholds can die away with their teams. And, like, you know, the administration was wrong. Without Take West out of that equation, we're up, up, well up the creek. Sans paddle, Nagy. Sans paddle. We're paddling with our hands, and the water is dirty. Almost... Shitty, you would say. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 amazing thing of what Brandy's coming in does. It was a correct decision to come in, uh, and and do what he did, and everyone gave him the trust, and now we're seeing some um you know rewards for that. Uh, but I think undoubtedly we're playing better. We're playing more like a rugby league side, and that can be only credited to Brandy and Moons. Uh, to put the squad on the on the field and they're making it work. There's God bless them and may they reign long in Newcastle. May lot, they live forever. There's lots of teams out there that put put you know that put all the right pieces there, but they just have you know they, they can't make it work. So I'm I'm very glad that we're in the position that we're in. Yeah, where's your sack brownie hashtag now? Now, Liam, I had to ask you about the. Uh, speaking of the news, uh, there was a, you watched the Storm game. Yes. Now there, this was there was a drop kick uh, awarded to Billy William Slater. Slater. William Slater, uh, the, the the pony boy of uh, of rugby league, because he apparently used to be a jockey. And uh, he's tiny. He's only a small man. I don't think he used to be. A jockey. I think he's too big for a jockey. No, he was a the guy who helps the jockey, like cleans the turds and such. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, he, stable he, hand. That's stable it. Stable hand. He dropped the ball and he booted it forward and he scored the try and he, and then he even said like, no, it wasn't. And they're still awarded. Is this still rugby league finding you know teething issues with the with the referee still uh, uh, you know uh, understanding the rules? Now, the correct call was made. I think the rules need to be rearranged so that that's not the correct call. But when you look at the actual law applying to that particular try, the refs did make the correct call. I think it needs to be worked on. I think it needs to be tweaked a bit. But the the rule states that if you drop the ball and Kick it with your foot in the action of kicking a field goal or, you know, a t- making a drop kick. Yeah. Play continues as normal. And it's clear that Billy Slater was not intending to do a drop kick, but he was in the action of kicking. The ball hit the ground and he kicked it forward. If you can do it for a drop goal, why can't you do it for a grubber? Well, the last time I saw this happen where it led to a try was actually Mickey Ennis in 2004, who just dropped the ball cold and decided to put it on the boot and, in a running motion and he got awarded the try. That was 14 years ago. It was an 04, and they they haven't uh, they haven't changed the rule. Well, why would you change it if it never happens? No, but it just it needs because that was obviously a drop. Uh, anyway, the way the knockout, but are, it was a drop whereby he then controlled it with his foot. He regained control with his foot by kicking it ahead of him. Uh, so a drop kick, it, because by that logic as well, you know, a drop kick you're attempting to go for for a field goal would also be dead play. If this happens in the middle of the field, it's a knock-on every day of the week. Uh, because it happens in, in where it matters, inside the 20, it really should be definitely a knock-on. It, like it, You can't have, like, because he's attacking it, no. It just, he's dropped the ball, he's put it on the toe, the leg's already moving forward, he probably just did it as a reaction. 
For me, it's a no try. I'm, you know, I'm happy that if you don't agree with me. Actually, I'm very unhappy. <laughs> Fuck you, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying I agree. It should have been a try. Well, it's just going by the interpretation of the laws. Yeah. Which, you know, the the rugby league rules, the rugby league law book is the highest legal document in this country. Isn't it? Is that? If we're going by that. The Bible, the Constitution. Yeah. Without that, yeah. we have anarchy now. We well, have anarchy, well, we have society that falls apart. Without order, there so is anarchy. While, you know. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. while I'm not happy that Melbourne scored, because that depresses me every time they go over. So yeah. it's been a rough decade and a half. Screw you, Shugs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, look, uh, the rule needs changing, needs rule fixing. Needs but by the ruling of law... Currently. To try. All right, right, very good. Now, last piece of the news. Yeah, Manly. We touched on it earlier. Oh, Jackson yeah, Hastings has been banished to reserve grade by Trent Barrett saying no one in the club will play with him. Yeah. It's now come out that he's been mercilessly bullied by senior members of the team. Dan- Daniel Cherry Evans has been given a $10,000 fine for his role in the bullying. And it harkens back to the end of last season. One of the assistant coaches, Willie Peters, was involved in a punch-up. William, William Peters. William Peters, involved yeah. in a punch-up with other coaching staff, and after being let go, came out with accusations of horrifying workplace bullying. The culture at that club seems to be eroding and falling apart because yeah. the boys just want to be the boys. And it's a club environment, it's a workplace, it's a team. How can you have success when this is happening? I don't think you can. If you've got problems uh, inside the team, obviously, in you strip everything away, they're saying, yes, yeah, it's a business, it's on television, blah, 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 money, money, money. That it's in the end, you've just got a bunch of 20 or like 20-somethings playing with each other uh, and uh, they have to get along. Sometimes yeah. they play league too. <laughs> <laughs> Manly. Uh, <laughs> in summing no, up... No, that's not that's, that. the, that's the wrong one. Sorry. I told you not to touch the buttons. <laughs> but, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it that. Look, Manly are up the shit and hopefully we can take full advantage of that this week on Friday at the Graveyard Shift. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Score prediction, Liam, I was going to ask you. Oh, I've got to be Knights by 20. Knights by 20? Knights by 20. I hope we keep this roll on and, and just keep, you know, Manly just really just, you know, doesn't want, doesn't know what to do and looks for answers because, yeah, Cherry Evans being fined $10,000 is, is you know, uh, you have your skipper of the side, the, the $10 million man being fined $10,000, which is sort of humorous in itself. 1%, uh, I believe, of his entire contract. He just throws it aside. It gives it, he's got it in change. No, 1% of his yearly earnings. So. Of his yearly earnings. So he just he throws it in quarters to him. And, just, and they say, how'd you get quarters as Australia? And he says, shut up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, look, it, hopefully we can get him over Manly uh, because we, we've got a long stretch of home games coming up in the middle in the middle third uh, that will be out without Pierce. So that does give us some hope, but we definitely need to get wins against sides that are out of form. So, fingers crossed we can get over against Manly. Uh, for me, you know, I know you're going to ask me. I, was, I, really don't like I think it's going to be... Look, I think... Uh, I'm going to say 18-14. 18-14 nights. I don't think we'll be that good. I think we're still going to be, you know, finding our feet out there. But uh, hopefully, you know, with the team list, uh, they make the right decisions and we can get the result we wanted to. Thank you very much for joining me tonight, Liam. Always it's, a pleasure, Nagy. It is always a pleasure. Except when we lose. And we're, then it's also a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's you know it's it's a bit of a crosswords cross, crossroads where we are, you know. Let's do some crosswords. No, no crossroads and like you know it's it's got to ask that question, uh, like much like when we get asked to leave uh, the the Commonwealth Hotel because they're shutting and we we say where do we go from here, you know because you know venue wise because this is the best venue in Newcastle, so you know I I, I can't think of anywhere else <laughs> where we can go but maybe finish the show and join in next week. Well, actually we have to go to the commie because we have to put our tips on. We do. Nagy and I are currently coming in the bottom. Bottom, very 5%, bottom. 5%, I think, of tippers. So yeah. 
No, it's gonna be it's gonna be atrocious. I think I'm coming seventy fourth, and I got two last week. Nice. So don't listen to any of my predictions coming up. But we're heading <laughs> right there. We might even stop by for a beer. Maybe Young Henry's delicious mm, beer, wonderful beverage. Hopefully their bistro's still open. It's also wonderful food. Now, <laughs> Liam, thank you for joining me. You can find us if you like to listen to us. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram. Um, and all Twitter. the rest. Twitter, Twitter, and YouTube as well. YouTube now as well. Yeah, which is great because then I can put it on my television at home and watch myself because I'm that vain. So, <laughs> which is amazing. Love to have the farts around here. Thank you very much, Jess. We'll catch you next week.